Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. Welcome to Menlo Midweek, everyone. I'm Mark. And I'm Jessica. And we have the Reverend Dr. Scott Pombush with us today. Oh, yeah. I love that you always say that when I come on the podcast. Well, we got to make sure everybody understands Mm -hmm. the power that is in this room right now. (laughs) And so much power, both in head of staff Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. also our speaker from this past weekend. That's a lot, Scott. How are you doing? Wow. Look at all that stuff. (laughs) Well, thank yeah, you know, it's uh, it, it's all uh very humbling and uh <laughs> I'm I'm grateful that the Lord provides. That's what I would say uh, <laughs> good answer. Yeah, there's 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 a lot, but I, I'm I'm just really excited about uh the way God's moving in our church and all the good things that are happening and so yeah, it's it's a lot of fun and uh a lot of responsibility. So that's that's I guess how I would good. sum it up. I mean, if you're still saying fun, yeah. I think we're doing okay. Doing something right. If it's still well, fun. Well, this is fun. See, I get to good. do things like this, yeah, right? It's yeah. fun. And speaking of fun things, you mentioned in your sermon from this past week, and that we'll talk about in a minute, that you used to coach a lot of sports, <laughs> t-ball being one of them. Did you have a favorite sport that you've coached? Well, I, you know, I, I think this is not going to come as a shock, but uh, I, <laughs> different sports I've coached, let's see, there was uh, the t-ball, which again, I'm not a, really a baseball player, but that was pretty easy. And then uh, basketball, which again, <laughs> yeah. with little kids and, you know, that, that, that's a tricky one because they can't even really reach the hoop with their basketball <laughs> yet. And, yeah. Uh, soccer, of course, everyone, co- you know, AYSO guilts you like mad yeah, if you don't coach really? soccer. Oh yeah, yeah. Your child will not play unless you coach. So, so I coached, which, which was fine. I, soccer's really fun and easy, right? How hard, soccer, kick the ball in the net. Yeah. Pretty simple, um, especially with the younger kids. Uh, and then um, fourth grade uh, at our, our little grade school, we had a flag football program. So, oh, so flag football was, was my favorite. Um, and uh, we weren't terribly great at it, but um, I had fun drawing up schemes and mm-hmm. uh, trying to get, you know, get the other team. Uh, we had, it was a fun rivalry, too. We were played the other little grade schools in our area. Ooh. So, yeah. But Was it hard to, like, hold back and not be, like, have Stanford football come out <laughs> when you're coaching fourth graders? And uh, you're not, it's not, I mean, it's still football, but you're not tackling too. Right. So it's very different. Oh, yeah. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, you know, I, I think I was pretty patient, but there were times when, yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, let's run another lap, you know, you're not listening. <laughs> you know, oh, let's yeah, put, you know, you drop that, you drop Coach, that ball. I one 10 push ups. Run you know? again. That's right. <laughs> so I did some of that. We're going to um, do two a days now. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think anything I did then would have, um, you know, harmed or uh, concerned uh, harmed children or concerned parents. But uh, wow. so there was moments there when go. I was uh, a little more stern. Yeah. Did you ever coach any of your kids? Yeah, yeah, coached. Uh, yeah, coached all of them okay. um, in different things. So that was that was part of the deal, mostly. And that's kind of thing when they get to an age where they no longer want you to be their coach. Mm. That's kind of the yeah. You know, it's cool for a little while, and then it's like not cool after yeah. that. Right. Yeah. When Our was that point? <laughs> well, I think, you know, like, certainly after grade school. Uh-huh. Uh, Dad, drop me off in the parking lot and right. drive away. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, junior high is sort of that dividing line for all of us uh, on the cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like Stanford football player Dad could get some street cred. 
No? Didn't work like that? I mean, you know, in certain ways, certain things. Mm. Yeah. But. Uh, Except when he would like um, paint his face like red <laughs> yeah. and like yeah. come out with all his Stanford gear. That's that right. was when it got really embarrassing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the rule number one, don't embarrass your kids, right? Uh-huh. Or, or try to embarrass your kids yeah. depending on your yeah. makeup. You know? yeah. Whatever your philosophy yeah. is on parenting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Scott, we really enjoyed your message from last week. If you could give a quick summary to those that might have missed it, let's hear that and then we'll dive in. Yeah, I think uh, most most of you, if you've been listening along, you know we're in a series in uh, Colossians and we're, we're, we're framing it as how do we learn to better follow Jesus? Uh, and this week's passage was um, focused really on, on Paul explaining um, who Jesus is, mm. uh, mm-hmm. uh, Philippians 1, 15 through 20. And uh, the heart of that is um, wanting to be really clear with this Colossian church, these new believers, um, who, who Jesus is so that they don't get kind of sidetracked or, um, you know, there's a lot of competing religions, a lot of competing philosophies, thoughts, um, and things going on. And so, uh, Paul wanted to make sure that, as I said in the sermon, the basics were covered. And so, um, we talked about what, you know, who Jesus was, uh, in that, and then some ways that maybe we don't always, um, while we know in our head who Jesus is, we don't always operate. Uh, and lift him into that place. And uh, when we when we aren't following Jesus as our Lord, um, you know, we fall into what the Bible calls idolatry, which mm-hmm. uh, is something we all participate in. Nobody follows Jesus perfectly, but whenever we put something else uh, above Jesus in our lives, uh, consciously or unconsciously, um, that's called idolatry. And so we kind of unpack that a little bit of some ways that we might do that. And then... Uh, the big, I think, thing with idolatry is you don't just say, I'm not going to make that thing important in my life anymore. You, you have to make Christ more important. So it's, it's not just eliminating, it's replacing that thing with, with Jesus mm-hmm. uh, in whatever ways you can. So that was kind of the heart of the, heart of the message and um, hopefully helpful for people. Definitely helpful for people. And I love that as... Paul was trying to define Jesus and give the basics 101. You also kind of did something similar. And so maybe we can just do like a little bit of ask the Reverend Doctor some theology 101, if that's okay Ooh. with you. Yeah, that's, this is a very, uh, th- th- this passage and this sermon was uh, a lot of theology in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What does it mean for Jesus to be begotten instead of birthed, made, other word? Yeah, let's. We talk, I want. It'd be great to talk about that a little bit because there was yeah. only so much in the sermon we could talk about. Right, that's why um, we're here. Yeah, so <laughs> let's dive into a little bit of this. And um, you know, uh, the 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 idea of who Jesus is, um, you know, from the passages that Paul says, he you know he he talks about Jesus being the Creator and uh, you know being part of that. Uh, experience, right? So uh, he also indicates that Jesus, uh, God's fullness dwelled in him um, and that he had supremacy and then, you know, talks about uh, how he's head of the church. But, you know, he doesn't give a schematic diagram of exactly how Jesus is those things. Mm-hmm. And so in the early church, there there kind of became two different sort of competing ideas. And uh, one was led by... Um, uh, a very scholar, but there are two very scholarly, well-known theologians in that era. They've, you know, it's uh, fourth century, sec- third century. Uh, uh, Arius on one side, and Athanasius on the other side. 
and uh, this became known as kind of the Arian controversy. So uh, Arius kind of held the position that Jesus was um, was born as a human, was very special, uh, was a, lo- a lot like God, but ultimately had a beginning. He had mm. a start. He wasn't eternal. Um, and therefore, if he wasn't that, he was a little bit less, a little bit less than God the Father. Mm. Okay. So... Um, but you know, still worthy of our worship and all those things, but just a little bit less. Um, and this fit, uh, in some ways, uh, you can imagine. You know, again, all these, a lot of these early believers um, were were Jews uh, mm-hmm. who came uh, out of out of that and learned about Christ. I mean, somewhere from where we're, you know, wouldn't be in the pagan culture there, but a lot of, and you know, monotheism is a major component of Judaism, right? There is one God, and right. so uh, God the Father is the one God, and um, you know, to, it fit better for those Jewish Christians to say that Jesus was a little lower. So Athanasius had a big, or Arius had a big following. Athanasius, on the other hand, um, logically would say, well, if, if Jesus is not at the same level or the same, uh, you know, is not God fully, then he couldn't be the person that we want him to be in the Bible, that, that mm-hmm. it's talked about in the Bible, that uh, his death and resurrection wouldn't mean what it means for us, uh, for God to fully pay for our sins and to um, uh, make us holy and right. And so uh, that came to a head, and it was actually creating a lot of friction in the Roman Empire. Uh, I mean, you, could, you guys can, there's a lot of history here, but Constantine, the emperor, actually called the Council of Nicaea and presided over it to settle this once and for all because people were, were confused. And so um, they, you know, and and uh, like they do with these councils, they brought in lots of scholars and debated things and uh, ultimately came out with the, the idea that Jesus was um, fully divine and fully human, begotten, not made. He, he came from, he, you know, he was always there. He was never created. And that's where we get into Trinitarian understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, and the, the line, the, the Greek word that comes out of the Council on Nicaea is uh, homoousion. Uh, which basically means the same substance. And mm. so the idea is that Jesus is of the same substance as God. And I, in the sermon, I just said, whatever the stuff of God is, yeah. that's the stuff of Jesus. Yeah. That was my way, way of, dumb, your of dumbing yeah. down <laughs> uh, this great word homoousion yeah. as opposed to homoousion, which is like, he's like the same stuff, but not the same stuff. Mm. So the big thing is God and Jesus on are the same stuff, but mm-hmm. they're also different, and that's where we get into the Trinity. They're you know three persons, mm-hmm. one God, and that was that's how we understand and know that. But it uh, it took a lot of thought and and time to get there. Yeah, I remember you said something like, um, "It's hard to understand," and if you actually do understand it, you're like not getting it right or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so true because there's just like I was listening so intently to that, and I was like, "Okay, I think I got that." But then, but what? (laughs) (laughs) Right. What do you mean it's three in one? And what does it mean that God and Jesus always existed? Like, you just can't comprehend it. But you don't need to. Yeah. And that's Mm. where faith comes in. I just thought that was so fascinating that you said that because it's it's totally true. I think, especially in this area, but so many people just want to figure it all out and understand everything. But that's just not how it works. 
And that's a good word. And so, you know, we want to understand it enough to understand mm-hmm. the key things about God. But yes, the, the you know, the uh, incarnation and the Trinitarian understanding of God are, f- are foundational to biblical mm-hmm. Christianity. But mm-hmm. the more we try to define those, anytime you do, you wind up with sort of a, you know, a different heresy of the day. Another one of those where they called modalism, which was saying it's, it's one God, but he just sort of morphed in mm. like as a shape shifter into different huh. parts. So it really, it's, it's, they're not distinct. And so if, you know, you can fall off the ledge if you don't, if you, if they're too, di- if they're not distinct, if they're too distinct. Um, so the more we try to, you know, um, the more we try to diagram this out, it, yeah. it just, uh, there's an element of mystery here. Um, and even in the, the way the Council of Nicaea, the creed that they came up with, the Nicene Creed, um, you know, it's, it's poetry. It's, it's, it's written that way, mm. which sort of, again, triggers a different part of our brain and understanding. So, yeah. That's great. And so now that we've established that Jesus is God and not God-like, how can Jesus be both fully human, but also both fully God? Well, I would come back to the, <laughs> yes, wrap your mind around that. Right. Uh, and that, that, is, that is the mystery of the incarnation. Mm-hmm. Um, how can he be both of those things? And yet we see him demonstrating and claiming to be, I am the bread of life. I am, I, you know, he mm-hmm. is claiming to be God all over the New Testament, but yet we also know he experienced all the things that humans experienced right. and yet was without sin in that way, in that way, not fully human in the sense of he wasn't fallen mm-hmm. as we are. So we know that he, but he experienced all those emotions and that, and that enables us, I don't know, um, you know, it's hard to imagine uh, a God that doesn't know me. Mm-hmm. And so to think of Jesus as fully human um, is very comforting for me, but then to also know that he's fully God is also very comforting yeah. to me. So, you know, it is, it, this is a great, actually, this would have been a great Christmas sermon because this is actually <laughs> the miracle that we celebrate at Christmas. I mean, this is, this is what God did that is so mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, you know, we think about oh, the baby Jesus, cute little baby, but really what that is, is fully human, fully divine God coming to us. Um, and uh, it, is, it is something that uh, you, you can't get your head around, really. Um, well, you're preaching for Christmas, so you <laughs> should recycle. We might bring it back. <laughs> bring it yeah. back. Yeah. And I was going to say, too, if you have more th- uh, questions on the whole being human thing, we just had a whole series all about that over the summer, uh, if you want to learn more yeah. about what it means to, for Jesus to be human. And I do like what you said, too. I think I have, because Jesus was on earth— Yes, he was perfect, but he also went through a lot of the stuff that we went through, and maybe not exactly how, but he had the same feelings of of loneliness, of being scared, of being, Mm -hmm. you know, feeling away Mm -hmm. from his father and away from God, you know, like those kinds of things. And so that's where you were saying, like, that's comforting to me, and it's it is to me too, and hopefully it is to most people. Of like, when you go through like difficult things and even good things, Jesus felt a lot of those same things, maybe in a little bit of a different way, but he still felt those. And so for a, a God to come to earth to partially understand, not understand because he's all knowing, but to, for us to be able to say like, oh, God knows what I'm going through and Jesus went through it as well in a way. So that's, it's a little more comforting than that. Just like if you're talking to a friend who, you know, if you're going through a divorce, you talk to a friend who's going through a divorce, 
they understand it differently than anybody yeah. else would. Mm-hmm. And, and similar, I think, to that, yeah. Yeah, it, it, that's profound. Um, and I, I do think that understanding, and, and that's what separates biblical Christianity from you know, other, other faiths too, that where that comfort is different or, that, mm-hmm. or the kind of way you live out your faith is different. For just a quick example is, you know, um, Mormonism is a faith where Jesus for Mormons is, um, you know, the highest born of the angels. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he, he is, he's, you know, the humanness, uh, he is not God. Um, he's like the best example of being the best human you can be. And so um, Mormons will look at Jesus as this, this um, you know, ultimate person that I can try to be like. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and so uh, then it becomes this, how can I be more perfect? How can I be? And there's a lot of pressure, right? Mm-hmm. Then to, um, to follow this model that Jesus presented versus um, the grace that comes from realizing uh, that, you know, I have to just need to accept and receive uh, Jesus uh, and his grace. And so those, um, that idea, if you don't really receive it, and sometimes we live, we live a little like Arians. Um, we still, you know, those controversies, uh, still creep in, in different ways, even in, in our faith. So there's a thinking about the mystery of the incarnation. There's a, a, a fun line from John Wesley who said, uh, the idea of, um, it's like a worm trying to understand a man is like man trying to understand you know the trinity mm-hmm. um and i thought oh okay well that makes that makes me feel better i think <laughs> but puts it into perspective a little bit well scott you, we gave you about 25 minutes or so for your sermon if you could have gone longer would you have talked about the stuff that you talked about just now or would you like to include anything else if you had more time what would you have done with it yeah thanks i think it would have been fun to unpack a little bit more of the theology underneath that mm-hmm. and, and you know some of the things we've talked about today i think are interesting um, at least they are to me, um, and how uh, how just the, an improper understanding of who Jesus is really does have implications in the way we live our life. I think that's that's really important, and it was obviously important enough that it was you know a problem in the Roman Empire that they had to had to deal with. Uh, so we we I, I think to elevate the importance of that, and I think that came out, but I would love to said more about that. Um, and I think too, it would have been interesting to spend a little more time on how. Do we keep Jesus in the forefront of our mm-hmm. heart and mind? You know, those because again, the idols in our hearts and minds is because we're looking to something else to provide what only Jesus can provide. And so, um, you know, we talked about scripture and how important that is and spending time with Jesus because I think those really matter. Um, but it would be uh, interesting to hear other ways that uh, people can, um, you know, focus more on Jesus. And, you know, for early Christians, they were so worried that the world was polluting their mind and heart, right? They, the desert fathers, they went out and said, we're, we're, we got to get out of the city and we got to just go huddle in, you know, caves in the desert. Cause that's the only place where we can be free from all this, uh, pollution. And, um, I don't know that that's the answer for us. Like we're going to be surrounded by these kinds of things, but I, I think that's, uh, as a church, uh, what we're supposed to be about encouraging, uh, us to follow Jesus first and foremost. So, Well, Scott, we are pairing all of our sermon series with a Colossian study guide, which is a great resource as we're practicing the spiritual practice of study. And so how are you finding this time of study? Uh, any encouragement for those that might have questions about how to do it a little bit better or stay consistent with it? Yeah, I, I, I think um, I would just start with even 
the study is uh, kind of going a level deeper, but even just to be reading the mm-hmm. scriptures yeah. and, um, and letting God speak to you in those, to prayerfully say, okay, Lord, I'm listening. Um, what do you want to say to me in this text? And I invariably, no matter when I do that, uh, there's something that God points out to me. And so I think I would start with just, just being in the scriptures. And then the next level is, is to study and say, how can I understand what this means a little more? And so, you know, like this passage that Paul is writing, you know, what does that mean for me that, you know, uh, that Jesus is fully divine and fully human? How do I understand that a little more? Um, so I think, uh, and how does that connect to other things in the Bible? Because I, I, I think that's one of the fun things about Bible study is when you look at a passage, you can say, well, it's referring to this or it was built on, on this part of uh, an understanding of, mm-hmm. of what happened in Genesis right. or Exodus. Um, how did you know, Moses um, understand what, what God wanted from him uh, in his season? And so... You can get the bigger narrative when you study scripture more, and I think the bigger narrative helps you understand uh, a specific piece more deeply and fully. So, you know, I sometimes people accuse Christians of of um, if they lived one tenth of what they know about the Bible, uh, the world <laughs> would be a different place. And so, I think um, to me, uh, Bible study for its own sake can be really a fun recreational activity. But interestingly enough, you know, we c- human humans can make. Uh, church, the Bible, all kinds of things, I, actually idols. I know that sounds crazy, but this is kind of what Jesus, uh, you know, what he said against the Pharisees um, is that they had made the trappings of, of faith more important than faith itself. And so whenever you're studying the Bible, I think the question of, okay, God, what are you saying to me? What do you want me to do about it? Um, this is the following Jesus layer, mm-hmm. I think is it's just really important. Um, and I think God will be faithful as you do that. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Go to uh, church slash Colossians to, um, you can see links to our podcast right here. Uh, we got the sermon up there. We've got links to leader, life group stuff, life group leader stuff, all of that. Um, so if, you know, what Scott said is, I think, a great way to start. And if you're ready to take it to the next step, you can ha- check out those resources. Um, or if you also need help, go to menlo.church slash groups. And find a life group to get into yep. to help you um, in this journey as well. Yep. And you can text our team if you, if you have any questions, 650-600-0402. We'd be happy to point you in the right direction or just escort you there ourselves. <laughs> Love to do that for you. Pray with awesome. you. Encourage you this week. Scott, thanks so much. Yeah. Yay. Pleasure to be here. All as right. always. See you at Christmas. <laughs> just Bye. 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 Well, thanks so much for listening. And our hope is that this helps you connect deeper to Menlo Church throughout the week. We believe church doesn't just happen on Sundays, and this is just one of the ways you can connect with us and grow in your faith whenever and wherever you're listening. We'd love to come alongside you in prayer to encourage you or walk through anything that you're going through. All you have to do is text our online team at 650-600-0402. Thanks again for tuning in. This was Menlo Midweek.